Hey friends, this is Caitlin, and I'm so grateful you've decided to join me on The Comeback Couch. So kick off your shoes, put up your feet, and get comfortable with real stories that have shaped real people. You'll hear from doctors, lawyers, mechanics, and moms who shared their experiences of hope, healing, and holding on when it would have been so much easier to give up. Occasionally, you'll hear a story, a teaching, or a quick thought from me. I hope you'll curl up with a cup of coffee and stay a while as we sit on the comeback couch and learn a little more about life and the hope we can find when we look close enough. Welcome back to the comeback couch. Today, I have my new friend, Rachel King. She's a podcast host herself, so she's a pro. She knows how to do this way better than I do. Uh, She hosts Feed Yourself, Healthy Habits for the Mind, Body, and Soul. Um, She focuses on health. She is a certified nutrition coach. We could have a long conversation offline. I need some (laughs) nutrition help for sure. Um, But welcome to the show. Welcome to the couch, Rachel. So glad to have you. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, So me and Rachel were actually just talking and we connected online on social media, but we realized we are both from the same area, like essentially the same hometown. And she still lives like close to the area, very close to my parents. So uh, it's crazy. We know a lot of the same people and we have a really similar background of just how we grew up and the world we grew up in. Um, So I guess we'll kind of start there as we follow your journey of just um, your life and how you experienced a comeback with the Lord, how you met your husband. Um, Let's just go all the way back to the beginning. I like to do that. Um, How you grew up, where you're from, and kind of how you were raised. Yeah. So it is so funny. It's such a small world that we grew up so close and never actually have met in person. But I grew up in small town USA in Alabama. Um, went to the same country, little Baptist church my whole life. Um, and we, um, we had, uh, it was my parents and myself and my sister and we just, you know, I feel like I had the best childhood. I really do. Like we had such a loving family. We had, you know, all, all the church functions, like my, my whole life was surrounded by church and such a great church family. And, um, I really do. I just feel like I had the best childhood. Uh, I love that. Um, and we were talking about how coming from like rural Alabama that people, um, (laughs) they really do kind of like when I talk about it, if they're not like familiar with it, even living just like an hour away from where I grew up, I I get kind of, I look, people look at me like I'm an alien or like I am from a totally different country and I have to kind of like walk them through. Like I grew up in a trailer. We did not have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had the best childhood. I have nothing but like beautiful, good memories. Um, I always joke about it. I've written about it like a million times, but I always used to say like, gosh, I really loved our wooden cabin. And I thought I lived in like a majestic cabin in the woods. And my parents were like, what? And they finally were like, that was a wood paneled trailer. (laughs) And they actually (laughs) found pictures of it the other day. Um, My grandfather passed away. And so they were going through his stuff and there are all these pictures 
And now when I see it, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. It was like a tiny wood paneled trailer. Like if a tornado comes, we're in trouble. But I just, oh, yeah. I mean, it was just magical to me. Clearly that's how my memory serves me. Um, but I, we were just talking about before we press record, like growing up like in an apartment maybe with a single mom or both your parents, like a really small apartment that was really cheap and maybe cost less than even a trailer cost that is viewed so much differently and almost more acceptable than like, Oh, you were trailer mm-hmm. trash. I mean, like I've heard that phrase so many times mm-hmm. and I really have to like fight with the enemy to be like, I'm not trailer. Like, cause I'll still walk into a room, um, with a lot of people that I think belong there and I don't. And I have to combat that whole, like I'm trailer trash. Like I'm a bumpkin, you know? And it's like, those are labels that like the world put on me and that like God does not see that, you know, he doesn't see our upbringing and our backgrounds. Like the Bible actually tells us he places us where we're supposed to be. So he Mm -hmm. knew that, you know, my, one of my best friends would grow up, in a really nice, large home, wealthy, privileged, and that I would grow up here. And it doesn't matter. Like it's all still the kingdom of God. So tell me a little bit just about how, um, I guess how you've like navigated life and, and meeting people who maybe aren't from where you're from, even in your coaching and talking to them and how you, I guess how you navigate that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that about, you know, not having a lot of money and things like that because we didn't have any money either. I just didn't know it. Like Mm -hmm. our parents did a great job. Um, You know, sounds like yours did too of not letting us know that, you know, we had amazing childhood stories and just felt so loved. And we could talk a lot about that in today's parenting (laughs) world about how we don't need all the stuff. We need quality time and love. But yeah, when I, like, we never had any entrepreneurs in my family, right? It was just go to work and hate your job, basically, Yep. right? Go to work, hate your job, come home, spend a little bit of time with your family, and then do it all again. And I I went down that path. I mean, I went to college. I have an accounting degree. I did that for like 10 years. And then when we had our little boy, it was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I kind of had a little bit of an entrepreneurial background anyway, when I got my coaching certification was before Grayson was born, but I had just dabbled in it. I didn't really, it was more of a hobby. I never really saw myself doing it full time. But then when he was born, I was like, okay, I want to do this. And I had to kind of combat that stigma too, because you hear us talk, you hear our Southern accent, right? Yep. <laughs> and that's the first thing people are like, where are you from? And a lot of people say Texas. I'm like, why do you think I'm from Texas? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why, why always Texas? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you they have that association of people that have that Southern accent. They're like, they're slow. They're not as smart. And yeah. so you kind of have to get yourself out of that a little bit. Like, no, I, I put my pants on the same way you do. I have Amen. a college degree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like having to like come back from that label like over and over and over again and like or even you know maybe maybe meeting someone or being in a situation where they have no idea where you're Mm -hmm. from and um 
because maybe you don't act like or look like what they would perceive to be where you're from. And then like hearing comments or um, just the way they might act. And it's like, gosh, I'm really trying hard to not let this offend me. But like, and it doesn't really come from like, for me anymore. It used to, but like, not Mm -hmm. even like a pride standpoint of like, I want you to see me and like, I can do this. It's more of like, hey, there are people who matter who like don't live like you and Mm -hmm. they are brilliant and they are kind and more than anything, they love the Lord. And this is, um, you're kind of like holding them back in your own mind of, of what they're worth. And I guess that that's when I get like really bothered by like, we're placing our worth on people based on how they grew up, how much money they have, mm-hmm. what their house looks like or the house right. they don't have looks like. And even still, I mean, like you were telling me you guys um, had a lot of family land and there are so many people like that is a, that is a dream for most people to like have a ton of land out in the country, not for everybody, but it's like, right. Everyone has a different dream. God has placed us all in different dreams and different pathways. Um, so tell me a little bit about like some of the people that you have coached and have helped and how you have helped them overcome like these thought patterns, um, whether it comes to nutrition or just like their mental health of like, hey, you are not where you're from or where you live or anything that you even have right now, like you are a person with a mind, body, and soul. So how do you do that? Right. That is the biggest thing with nutrition coaching, honestly. It's not about the food. It's about the mindset. And it's about like putting your identity in Christ and knowing that you are worth it. You are worth investing in yourself. Because a lot of times people, they get down on themselves like, well, my body is broken. I just can't do this. Or they've tried multiple times and they don't have the support. And two, a lot of times people don't have that connection with their faith in this area of their life. They're like, why does God care about how much Mm. I weigh, right? And the thing is, he gave you this beautiful temple for a purpose. Every one of us that are still here are meant to go out and live a greater purpose. He gave us a unique purpose and nobody's purpose is the same, right? Like your purpose is different than my purpose. Yes. But in order to go do that purpose, we have to take care of our God-given temple. Mm. And if your health is important to you, it's important to God, right? That's right. He wants you to take care of your temple. And so it's it's putting your identity in Christ and not letting the enemy sneak in with those thoughts of you're not good enough. You've never been able to do this. You've always had this struggle. You're never going to be able to get over this. It's including God in this area of your life and really coaching people through that mindset. Like he does care and you are worth it. And especially, you know, like you and I, we have young kids. Yeah. We have to take care of ourselves so we can take care of them, right? That's right. Like if we don't have energy, we can't keep up with them because they're running all over the place. That's (laughs) for sure. That is for sure. (laughs) And then like instilling healthy habits in them too. And not just with food, but like, you know, your little boy sees you read the Bible all the time and pray. Mm -hmm. You have, you pray at your house, like, and mine does too. And he'll even, you know, pray at the dinner table when we have bedtime mm-hmm. prayers, like instilling those things and getting your spiritual health. That is all so interconnected. If one is off, they're all off. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah, we are. We are mind, body, and soul. And, and God did that on purpose. And, you know, it's there's so much, like, research and writing on and I haven't researched it like I'm sure you have but like the trinity you know father son holy spirit mm-hmm. and then we are mind body soul like I just yeah. that's not a coincidence you know God knows what no. he's doing and he created us like this on purpose and we get so um especially in the church it's like well we don't want to tell people they need to look a certain way or that they're like physical health matters more than their spiritual health and it's like we've we've gotten so afraid of that, that we've gone so far away from it. But what you're saying and what is true and what the Bible says is like, they're all interconnected and they all matter. And I mean, I can totally attest to like when my physical health is off and like, look, I'm not the best eater. Like, I mean, I can eat, but I don't eat well. Um, (laughs) And I've really been working on that and, you know, I'm pregnant right now. And so I have started this is like one of those things where it's, I started working out again for the first time in years at 20 weeks pregnant. I'm like, what a, <laughs> what a dumb move, honestly. But I, I was, and I haven't really like said this out loud, so I don't know why I'm saying it now, but I was really struggling with um, prenatal depression. Like I truly would have thought that that wasn't even a real thing. Like obviously postpartum depression is way more common. And I didn't really struggle with that after my first, uh, after my first son, but with this one, maybe with a combination of like having another baby and trying to do everything, I was like at a low in my first trimester. And so going back to the gym and like, it's hard and I have to modify. And like yesterday I couldn't even walk because I pushed it too hard. So I like took a day off. But moving my body again, like gave me the energy to be Mm -hmm. okay mentally and to be okay spiritually and to pour into my family and pour into my son and pour into my job. And it was like, oh yeah, it's like the light went off. Like this, these are all connected. Like God, God knows. And God did this on purpose. And, and I still have my days, but it's like, when we remembered that, I think it really kind of like shifts the narrative on why your health really matters. Like we're not trying to be skinny and have six packs. We are trying to be well all around. And I'm so glad you said that too, because a lot of people think that exercise is punishment or it's punishment. Like, I've got to eat this. I've got to eat this salad. Mm -hmm. I've got to. No, you get to. You get to exercise. You get to eat healthy things. And you made a really good point too about the church. And I feel like I mean, nothing against the Baptist church. That's where I grew up. I go to a Baptist church now, but, and it's, it's like this in more than just a Baptist church, but like, I feel like we eat for everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) And gluttony is one of those sins that just kind of gets pushed to the side. Like we don't want to acknowledge that in the South. Yes. Yes. Because we eat for everything. Like what happens when you're in the hospital or you get sick? Like people bring you casseroles and cakes. Casseroles, casseroles. <laughs> yep. Have a, you have a baby, casserole. Funeral, casserole. This is, that's the answer for everything is a casserole. <laughs> exactly. And I love me a good casserole. Don't get me wrong. Same. But like we have we have to figure out the, the balance here. Like, yes, let's use food as medicine like it's intended. When somebody just has sure. surgery, do we really need to be filling them up with like processed things or do we need to give them food that's nutritious for them so they can heal and get better? 
And so food is a beautiful thing. God gave us food. He gave us lots of food to choose from, right? He wants us to eat. He doesn't want us to restrict. He wants us to eat, but he doesn't want us to fill our bodies full of junk because our bodies are temples and we need to keep them clean. Yes. And the the world, just like anything else, has perverted food. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the toxins and all the processed food, like you said, um, and my mom and brother are like way more into all that. So they kind of like educate me on it, but, um, and it can be really overwhelming to, you know, I mean, there are times when I walk in the grocery store and I'm like, I'm too tired. I have a screaming toddler. Mm -hmm. I'm out of breath from being pregnant. And I'm just like, that's, that looks good. That looks good. It says organic, whatever. So I got, how do you, um, I guess, educate people on that without overwhelming them to the point of just forget about it. I'm just going to go eat some Oreos. Yeah, that's a really great question. So when I work with my clients, we don't go fast. It's a slow process. And I tell them we're going to baby step our way to greatness. We're not going to like sprint. We're going to baby step our way to greatness because you will get overwhelmed. There's so much information and there's so Mm -hmm. much misinformation out there. And even just because it says natural on it doesn't even mean it's natural. Like that's right. Food labels are tricky. And so what we do is we start small and we baby step our way. And the first thing that I start with any client is just learning to plan because just like you said, you walk into the grocery store and you get overwhelmed. So we have to plan what we're going to get, what we're going to eat. And then we stick to that. So we don't get overwhelmed. And then you know, I kind of walk them through the plan, how to navigate the plan, what works best for each individual person, but it's a slow process. Like we live in this microwave society yep. where really we need to live it in the slow cooker. <laughs> That's right. That is right. It's instant gratification is not, not the long-term answer at all. Hey guys, this is Caitlin popping in for just a second to tell you about our season one sponsor, Harp and Timbrel. They are a super cool Alabama-based company ran by a husband and wife team. They specialize in custom products to celebrate all of life's special moments. From baby hospital signs to larger signs for rooms and nurseries and even milestone cards and little ornaments. I had one on my Christmas tree this year. They create each design to fit your unique need. And they are offering an exclusive discount to listeners of the Comeback Couch. That's you. You can get 15% off your first order with code COMEBACK15. That's C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K-1-5. You can go to harpandtimbrel.com and their Etsy shop. You can even join their newsletter for additional discounts and promotions. Okay, how do you approach this. And maybe if you are one of these people, that's okay. You know, I'm just getting to know you. So if this is like your MO, no big deal. But I see a lot of like all or nothing. So like there are people who on one end are like, I'm not dealing with all this natural, healthy, whatever. You know, I hear people like our grandmas are 99 years old and they didn't do natural deodorant or clean food. And then it's like, well, you know, things are different now. Things are different. They're putting different things in our food and our deodorant and whatever. I say natural deodorant because that's about the only thing I do that's really good. And um, 
that's rough. I, my mom like has pounded that into me because she's like aluminum is causing cancer. And so I wear my dang natural deodorant and if, I do not smell great. Okay. And I'm like a really big person on smells and I'm like trying to figure that out. I tried to detox. Anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to make the process. process. Pregnancy hormones <laughs> and summer in Alabama. I'm like, whatever. We're just going to do the best we can. Um, but then the other side is, you know, if you're not all natural all the time, then you're going to die today. And it's like both sides are like are going too much. And like it sounds like you're neither because you said like it's a slow process. So how do you like approach that just in the work that you do? I'll be honest with you, Caitlin, like on Instagram, I had to unfollow so many accounts because I bet. I myself was getting really like anxious and feeling so much anxiety because of both sides of the spectrum being on such extremes, like following these accounts that are like, you're doing damage to your body and stop giving your kids this stuff. And, you know, yeah. then the other side, just like you said, with our grandparents, they've, they've eaten this stuff for years and years and they're fine. Right. There's a, there's a middle ground, like for some people. And honestly, a lot of people where we live can't afford to buy mm. all organic and all That's right. natural things. So this is where you do the best you can in the season that you're in, you know, That's you, really good. And you can't live, you can't live in fear either. Like you can't live in fear of the things that you're doing or not doing because after I became a mom, that's when that really started to creep in. I mean, I had a little bit of postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. Well, I say a little bit only because it didn't last very long, but it was severe while it was going on. And right. I questioned everything I did. Like, am I, cause I wasn't able to breastfeed. So we had to do mm -hmm. formula and I'm like, am I damaging my baby doing formula? And then when we moved up to baby food, you hear all the bad things about baby food. And I was like, what do I do? Do I puree all the food or do I try to get right. the best brand of baby food I can? And so you, you have to use your discernment. And that's, that's another area where I feel like it's okay to pray about, right? It's okay to involve mm, God yeah. in this area. And like, okay, God, help me make these decisions for myself and my family. What is the best thing for us to do in this season? And I feel like if you pray for that wisdom and discernment, he's not going to hold that out from you. He's going to tell you what mm, to do. Good. He's going to give you a piece about the right decision. So I don't believe in all or nothing. I believe in baby steps and doing what you can do and controlling what you can control. That is really, really good advice and very helpful and very doable. And that applies to more than just food. I mean, it, it applies to every single part of life. Um, okay. I have to ask you this. I really hope you've seen this. Have you seen the documentary um, called The Way Down about Gwen Shamblin and the Rembrandt, I think it's Rembrandt, uh, no, I Remnant Church in Tennessee. Okay. You've got to watch the documentary and I then now there it. is a Lifetime movie about it. And it is all about this woman and she's in like Franklin, Tennessee and the church actually is still going strong. Um, I want like, I won't spoiler alert give away like what happens with her, but so she makes this whole ministry out of it, eventually starts her own church. 
and it was like a cult. I mean, it was a super toxic, like horrible based on like what people looked like and what they ate. And it, it got really, really bad, really fast. You, you should really watch it and let me know what you think, because, um, it really takes like what you are doing for people and totally perverted it and made it about her and about something that like God didn't cause you. And it's sad because it started out really pure. And I think that the enemy just finds like footholds and, you know, attacks. Um, so what are, what Mm -hmm. are some ways that you have seen, or even some like really powerful stories, um, of just comeback stories from your clients, or maybe you have one in particular where like he or she pops into your mind that has just overcome like all this opposition in regards to who they are mentally and physically. I have a lot of those stories. And what's really cool is that when people finally surrender, like the control over this, that's when the comeback story happens. That's when they start to progress and they start to see real results because, you know, a lot of times we're just, we're human and we want to fix, we're fixers and we want to control things. And so we try to control all the pieces of our health. You know, I need to do this. I need to do that. And when they relinquish that control and they start to involve God in the process, that's when they start to see real change. And I have one client in particular that she was so like, she had so much opposition about working with me. She reached out and then she was like, I don't know if I need to do that. I don't know if I want to do that. I think I can do this on my own. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, you, you do what you need to do. And then she came back a couple weeks later and she was like, okay, let's do this. I want to try it. She didn't really need to lose weight, but what was going on with her was that she had under eaten for so long that she was actually losing muscle. And so she was, you know, having a hard time just in her day-to-day life because she didn't have a lot of strength. She was weak. She had lost a lot of muscle because, you know, we've been conditioned in today's society to not eat a lot of food. That's what we're supposed to do. Um, So we had to actually do a reverse diet with her. We had to start bumping up calories and increasing calories with her over the course of three months. And normally it takes a lot longer than three months to double somebody's calories, but she was so severely under eating that we did it in about three months. We ended up doubling her calories and she didn't, she didn't gain a pound and she started to increase her muscle mass. All of her labs at the doctor were so much better. And she was like, I can actually play with my grandson. I have energy to play with my grandson. I have energy to go, you know, hang out with my husband on the weekends and we can start doing sports again together. And that's one of my favorite stories is because she was so resistant at the beginning, but she let go of control and trusted the process. And now she has this really full life and all of her labs are better. She feels better. And I mean, she looks better too. I mean, let's be honest. That's, that's something that, you know, it's not a bad thing to want to look better. It's not what it's all about, but it's not a bad thing yeah. to want to look better. Um, but yeah, she, She's just so grateful. And I'm like, it's not me. You did all the work. You just had to relinquish that control and give it over to God, trust the process and, and follow the the plan. And you did that. And that's where the beautiful thing, like the devil tries to keep us stuck. And that's where a lot of people are now with their health. They try to, he tries to keep them stuck and convince them they can't do this or they don't, they don't need help. And if they reach out for help, that they're weak, that's not true. I mean, God's, always there ready. He's got his hand reaching out. He's just waiting for you to take it in all areas, not just this one, but in all areas. And so 
that's one of my favorite client stories. I just, that one sticks with me. Yeah, that is really powerful. How does your own comeback story in regards to your health prepare you and equip you to help these people and to lead them, um, lead them to healing in a godly way? Yeah. So the whole reason that I even got into nutrition was because I was overweight. Um, I mean, my parents did the best they could with what they knew, right? Like they just did the same things their parents had taught them. So we had all kinds of fried food because we live in Alabama. Um, Even the vegetables are fried, right? Um, Fried food, (laughs) so many desserts, all the snacks, all the things. And I had that my whole life growing up. So I was overweight even as a kid. Grew up overweight. Um, And then when I was 21, I was in college and I was also working full time. So I was having a lot of headaches and I went to the doctor and she took my blood pressure and she was like, did you realize your blood pressure is extremely high? And that was the reason I was having the headaches. And so I had to be put on blood pressure medicine when I was 21. And she, I asked her, I was like, is this, you know, because I'm overweight. And she said, no, it's probably just genetic. Your mom and dad both have high blood pressure. It's probably just genetic, something you're going to have to live with. And that just didn't sit well with me because I I knew deep down that I had done this to myself and I, you know, I needed to figure a way out of it. And so I did all the wrong things. I cut calories. I cut carbs. I did all the magic peels, uh, Mm -hmm. all things you shouldn't do. Um, but I didn't know any better, right? Cause I, there's so much misinformation out there. And one day I was in, um, a Christian bookstore and they had a copy of the Daniel plan at the front of the bookstore. And I picked it mm-hmm. up and thinking this probably has some really good recipes in it. I'll skim through it. And I got to that section on gluttony. You know, we talked about that earlier, but I got to the section on gluttony and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not treating my body as the temple God intended it to be. Um, because I would do this thing where I was, you know, cut calories and then I would binge on the weekends yep. and I would just keep going back and forth. And God really got my attention with that, with that chapter. It's like, you're still mm. not treating your body the way I intended for you to treat it. And so that's when I decided to get my nutrition coaching certification so I could figure out how to do it the right way. And so I could help women that are going through the same things that I went through and help them through the struggle. So they wouldn't have to struggle for so long. And so I became a nutrition coach, you know, got my own health, you know, in order, came off the blood pressure medicine, haven't been on it in years. So it obviously wasn't genetic. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Doctor did not (laughs) get that one. No, no. And, you know, I've been able to help other women that kind of felt stuck the same way I did and have tried the fad diets that don't work long term and wreck your metabolism in the process and feel like their bodies are broken when really they're they're not broken. They just need a little bit of direction. And that's yeah. been a huge blessing for me. I mean, we could talk about that for for a long time about like the journey to get there because I was like the least likely candidate you've ever seen to become a nutrition coach when I was younger. But God is so good and he has such a bigger plan than anything we have in store. And because I never saw myself doing this, but it's been such a blessing for 
myself, for my family, and then for the people that I get to talk to every single day. And I mean, just like doing this podcast, I never would have met you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you look back, whether it's over your own personal health journey or even all the way back to the beginning of your life and of your upbringing, what makes more sense now um, that you know how it all played out? So hindsight, where can you kind of see like, oh, that's where God's hand was and that's what he was doing because this needed to happen? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And I really think God used this whole journey to teach me that I can do so many more things than I thought. I am capable of so much more than I gave Mm. myself credit for. And of course, it's all through him that I'm capable to do these things. But I, when I was a kid, I just put so many limits on myself. And I just thought I couldn't do certain things. Like I never saw myself owning my own business. Never. And I was just thought, you know, I would get a job just like everybody else. And, you know, not to say that yeah. that's bad, but this was just the different right. path that God had for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and he taught me through that, you know, I was able to lose 45 pounds and keep it off. And I'm able to teach other women how to take care of their own bodies. And I really, like, I never saw myself doing that. I was such a couch potato in high school. I could care less about eating healthy. And if I, if I was running, it was because something was chasing me. Like I hated to exercise. (laughs) And I just never saw myself doing this, but God used this whole journey to even not even just the health part, but just like learning all of this about myself. Like I learned so much about myself and what what I'm capable of and what my purpose is through all of this. Like I am a child of God that's meant to do so much more than sit on the bench, right? Like we all have a job to do and all of our jobs are different and beautiful and and that's what makes, you know, we're all unique and that's what makes it so great. So he he taught me so many things through, you know, the very beginning, growing up and through this that, I, you know, as long as I am leaning on him and as long as I am seeking him for wisdom and discernment, then I can do anything. Yeah. Amen to that. I love what you said about... Um... Limitations. It was really just overcoming and coming back from your own limitations. And I'm sure that is like the key thing that you use to encourage other people um, Mm -hmm. just to to pass those with the help of God. Um, And something you said way earlier in the episode that really just stuck with me, it was just that um, surrender. Like that is the key to success in anything, um, especially regarding our temples. We have to surrender. We have to give up our own way and our own will and trade it for his. Um, yeah. Okay. This is, but this was like a totally different conversation that we, than we even planned on having, <laughs> but I just really feel like God led it. And um, yeah. I'm so thankful that you do what you do and that you do it with um, a foundation of Christ. I think it's very important. And listen, after I have this baby and I stop eating, ice cream drumsticks every night, I'll, I'll come to you and get your help. (laughs) Sometimes you just need ice cream. Like I still eat ice cream. Listen, I'm telling you, (laughs) I am, this is the, today's the third day in a row. I've had a Subway sandwich and you know, what is that? People were like a long time ago, like 
Subway bread is made from yoga mats. And I'm like, well, then serve me up some turkey and cheese on a yoga mat because I need it. I need it every day and I need to end my day with a drumstick. (laughs) But at least I'm going to the gym. (laughs) Um, There you go. (laughs) Balance, right? Balance. Yes, yes. I would like to say one more thing because we were talking about at the beginning of the episode about, you know, where we came from. And yeah. you know, certain people would say certain things and people still say certain things when they yeah. find out, you know, where we're from. And I feel like, you know, we don't just put limits on ourselves, like, but we let other people put limits on us too. And so mm. you've got to get out of that, like people pleasing. I feel like people pleasing is oh. another form of comparison, another form of judgment it because is. you're letting other people dictate what you feel about yourself. And oh. ultimately, it doesn't matter. What well, I mean, yes, you want to be gracious and kind, of course, but as long as you're living how God's called you to live, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. So don't let anybody else put That's limitations right. on you. And ultimately... I'm talking myself. People pleasing is a form of idolatry and we value what other people think more than what God thinks. Um, And you know what? I think God had you say that here at the very end uh, for me. So I don't know if that was for any other listener, but that was for me and I needed to hear it um, just for something I'm currently struggling with. So thank you for saying that. Um, And gosh, thank you for, thank you for just chilling on the couch. When you, earlier when you said couch potato, I was cracking up because I was like, the comeback couch potato. <laughs> I need like a little mascot, the comeback couch potato. <laughs> the comeback couch potato. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to. If anyone's listening and you um, make stuffed animals or create things, send me a comeback couch potato, would you? <laughs> Well, Rachel, thank you so much um, just for sharing your expertise and your journey and your wisdom with us today. Um, Really appreciate it and look forward to cheering you on in everything that you do. Same to you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for stopping by and sitting a while on the comeback couch with me. You know I'd love to hear from you. Questions, feedback, and even requests. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. And hey, don't be shy. Share the show with a friend, post it on your social media and tag me, and send me your comeback stories. You never know when they might make it on the show.